reading from the book of Exodus. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the bush. And he looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. He said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmaster. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land. The land flowing with milk and honey, the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send in a Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. For Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh to bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you, as I have sent you. And you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? Which shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lay in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Oh. 
and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, If behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. Almighty God, wrap in our hearts love for your name. Amen. I just had an amazing week with a group of our young people here. As a group, we walked from Lowell, from here to Lowell, where we engaged in various service projects. While I was away, sleeping on church floors and going for very long walks, I read today's rich scripture. And then I witnessed strength and wisdom in our youth. And then I read today's scripture. And then I met people whose lives were nothing short of a modern-day gospel. And then I read today's scripture. There is great abundance in these parallel experiences for me. I joked with my traveling companions that my inability, about my inability, to tame down this Niagara fall of spiritual inputs into a sermon for today. They made me promise to just not preach about my walking blisters, so I won't. But I do want to try to focus on three themes that rose up out of the abundance this week. Those three themes are, one, God's name, two, the gift of community, and three, the invitation to take up our thoughts and follow Jesus. One, God's name. From a burning bush, God speaks to Moses. Moses, the Israelite, who was found in a reed as a baby and raised in Pharaoh's household, Moses, who fled from home and tried to live inconspicuously as a sheep herder in the wilderness. This Moses is asked to walk back to his childhood home and free the Israelites from slavery. This Moses is the one to whom God reveals God's name. I am who I am. It is a name that tells us much about God. God it turns out, 
is a verb. The verb to be, to be exact. God is. And perhaps anything else we say about God unintentionally makes God smaller than God is. It was clear to me as I walked the roads to and around Lowell this week that God reveals God's self to us as we journey. And that the further I walked, the clearer it was to me that God is. Beyond all other things I know, I know God to be, to exist. And I saw our little group as a little herd of Moses. Moseses? <laughs> a group of people out for a long walk who kept encountering the God who is and kept being sent on little assignments that we haven't expected. One such moment was when three of the teenagers and I took a plate of food out to give to a homeless man who we had met the day before. We couldn't find him. It was after dark, and we didn't want to wander too far from the church garden where we were staying. But we did see another person sleeping on a bench. So we approached him. He heard us coming and sat up with a smile. He was a young man named Zach with a sad story, with a positive outlook. He had been sober for two days, and he had just been fed by someone else and didn't want another meal. But he enthusiastically took us to a nearby stoop where the man we had been looking for was sleeping. Together they accepted the food and the juice offered by our kids. And then another young man came to join them. He shook my hand and told me his name was Tyler and he was 18 years old. The kids and I returned to the church kitchen where they asked if they could make lunch for this little group of people the following day. I said that we could, so we went back to invite everyone to lunch. Tyler, who was 18, who had just eaten, he had just eaten the meal that we had brought and he told us it was his first food in two days. It was the third day of our pilgrimage, the third day of hunger for Tyler, the third day of sobriety for Zach. It felt like a resurrection of sorts as I watched our youth step into their adulthood and reach out with food and companionship to the people who they met. And you know, they weren't really trying that hard, our teenagers. They just were who they were and did what they were compelled to do. I am who I am, God told Moses. And I am asking you to be who you are, the one who will lead the people to freedom. The authenticity of being and of being in service to one another, it turns out, is rather divine. Each time I saw people just being with one another this week, I caught a glimpse of the God in whose image we are created. The God who is. And I am was clearly with us. Secondly, the gift of community. When I began planning this pilgrimage over a year ago, I imagined that we would have at least a dozen people along with us. What we ended up with was one chaperone and one eighth grader from St. Stephen's on the South End, 
along with Dave Wessner and I from here, and three of our teenagers. And one of our three teens had to leave us maybe to go get his wisdom teeth out. But I quickly learned that the seven of us were exactly the community that was called into this adventure together. Our epistle today speaks of the ways in which we are to live in community with one another. And I think it speaks to communities large and small, the global community on one end of the spectrum, and little bands of pilgrims like ours on the other end. We are to love one another, serve one another, rejoice with one another, and weep with one another. Our group agreed that on the first day that we wanted to begin and end each day with prayer. On our second morning, as we circled up in the courtyard of All Saints Church in Chelmsford to pray, I told the group that I had experienced a heartbreaking loss a week previous. My good friend had lost her little brother in a skydiving accident. And I had spent much of the week crying and praying for my friend and her family who were in shock over the enormity of their loss. Before I left for the pilgrimage, I let my friend know that I would be praying for her throughout the trip. And as I found myself more deeply entrenched in our little pilgrim community, I realized it was inauthentic for me to carry that prayer alone. In that morning prayer circle, the group listens to me share my story while I try to hold back tears, and they quickly joined me, taking my prayers apart and adding their own deepest concerns to our circle. From that point on, I understood that each prayer offered was held communally, and that the power in that expanded exponentially each step of the journey that we traveled together. On our last night, the three 14-year-old boys in our group took it upon themselves to banish us chaperones from the kitchen so that they could cook a meal for us. A delicious and beautiful meal, actually, with garnishes. In the moment that they led us to the table with our eyes closed so that they could surprise us, I thought it was just fun and impressive. But at the closing Eucharist the next day, one of them spoke about how they had cooked a meal for us to say thank you to us. The epistle says to love one another with mutual affection and outdo one another in showing honor. And I can't read that without remembering the ways in which the youngest among us served us. Third thing, take up your cross and follow Jesus. This command from Jesus the command that stuck out most poignantly throughout the week. Take up your cross and follow me. Take up your backpack and follow Jesus. Take up your harvesting basket at the non-profit farm in Lowell. Take up the weeds before they bury the squash plants. Take up box after box of donations next to the church where we slept from the first floor to the third floor. Take up your life do something worthy with it. 
The idea of taking up a cross and following Jesus has a history of martyrdom attached to it. But I have not seen that plan played out so clearly in a long time as I did this week. Not in the act of deep suffering, though our feet and tired bodies were calling out for mercy on a number of occasions. But I saw crosses being taken up in the spirit of living. In the spirit of living. On a long walk with friends when everyone is joking and commiserating and praying and looking forward to the next meal and encouraging one another and holding one another accountable and experiencing new things together. Life is happening in great fullness. When I imagine Jesus taking up his cross and walking to his crucifixion, I imagine that he was doing the only thing that was authentic to who he was. The only thing that would keep him truly alive as a messenger of all that was good and right and courageous in himself in that moment in history. He was here to bring justice and love and to speak difficult truths, and that got him in big trouble. And the only way forward was to either compromise himself or take up his cross. We too are here to live into the best versions of ourselves. We are here for one another. We are here to emulate Jesus and to emulate the God who is the great I Am. And we do that by picking up our lives and carrying them as they are into the day, each and every day. Because we were created for God and for one another, we get to do that together. And we get to see God more clearly through one another. The great I Am told us the name to use when we call out. The name to use when we need a focal point in our very world. The name to use when we gather as a community to take up our lives and walk. And each day that I have the strength to do that, I know that it is because the great I Am has provided me with fellow travelers to inspire me, encourage me, laugh with me, feed me, walk with me, and rest with me when the work is done. Amen.
and arouse our concern for those who are out of work. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, have mercy upon us. Thank you. 
Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God.
made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn, proclaim the glory of your name.
Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us.